Um, uh, I do have. Excuse me. Oh, <laughs> I made you jump. I know that was like I could feel that one in my chest, like the vibration went into my esophageal track. Excuse me. Oh my goodness. We'd like to remind you that the information contained within this podcast reflects our own personal opinions and should not be held as any kind of official recommendation. That's right. This podcast is for our own purposes. It's educational mm-hmm. and, and for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Edutainment, if you will. <laughs> We're just a couple of yahoos with master's degrees, and this isn't a professional capacity. So if as you're listening to an episode, you feel that maybe you need help with your own mental health, please do contact your own doctor or a therapist. And finally, we try to stay pretty clean with this podcast, but sometimes we slip up and sometimes we just talk about weird stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> it might be not safe for work. You'd probably better listen with headphones. Hello and welcome to Freudian Sips, a podcast about brains, beverages, and other BS. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Anna. And welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Sipsters. Welcome back, Mother. Welcome back, daughter. Thank you. <laughs> we did a very dignified. We like reached it toward each other across the table. <laughs> you guys can't see this really cool stuff we do. We, we... I just got a new camera. If you guys want us to start no, recording I, these, uh, okay, uh, mom uh, says uh, no. Uh, 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 <laughs> that's why I was in radio in the day because I did not want to be on the I've, TV. I've got a face for radio. I know. I did not want to be on the television. <laughs> so no. So, what's happening, baby? Well, speaking of the television, we've got some television, some media, some news for our topic today. Do we have any pre-roll? I don't know. I feel like we don't pre-roll very much anymore. Buy our merch. Yeah, our merch (laughs) is still there. We don't talk about it very often. We do. Yeah, we still have it. It's up. I don't think anything has gone away. So tell me how you get there, Anna. How do we get to the merch? So if you go to FreudianSipsPod.com, there's a merch link right on the front page. Just click where it says merch and it'll take you to our shop. Mm-hmm. And we have cool sweatshirts and t-shirts. Summer's coming, so it's time for those. What are those, those t-shirts t- called that are like slouchy? slouchy? Yeah, slouchy shirts. Got some slouchy shirts. We've got some flowy tanks. I oh, like those, those tanks too. are cute too, yeah. Yeah, so you will be ready. But but we um what 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 episode is this? 82. 82. <sighs> <laughs> We're trudging along toward 100. I'm when we get 100, can we do something really big that day? Yeah, when yeah. When we do 100. Like what? I don't know yet. Okay, can we but have a bouncy I'll- castle? <gasps> <laughs> yes, please. Her face please. lit up with childish glee. Yes, please. Okay. We'll strap on our microphones and Oh, yeah, out. that'll go good. <laughs> So our episode today, is it somebody else's idea? Did somebody give you this idea? Uh, Yeah, sort of. So uh, Michelle, friend of the show, Michelle. Hello, Michelle. We've talked before, her and I, about how news is scary. That's kind of one of the things that we talk about and commiserate about quite often. And she got a an article, um, I think, in her email that was talking about negativity in the U.S. national media. And she gave me that source. And uh, I was like, that would be a really good episode. I think that would be a really good topic to to chat about in terms of like how media can be biased and how that can affect our mental health because exactly. we're in a time where media and news are really rough. <laughs> yeah. And um how the 
news is portrayed makes it even rougher. So, so yeah, it's it's worth it to talk about how that bias may be affecting us personally. And this topic is is a um, pretty relevant recently. I mean, all through the <laughs> lead up to the election and before the election, during President Trump's being in office, all that about you know the media is biased and the boy it really fake came, news, it, fake news. Yes, so it's all kind of come to a head several times. Yeah, no matter how you fall on that spectrum of that specific topic, the way right. it was addressed. It is true that we need to look at how, just generally speaking, and when we talk about media in this one, I wanted to drop this because every time I would, when I was doing my research, whenever I would put media in it, it would kick up social media. Yes. Every single time. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to talk about social media today. We're going to do that on a different episode. We're going to draw a thin line between that because it is pretty thin and especially Right now, I think when I go on social media, I see a lot of news shared. So I think we're going to talk about like how news propagates on social media, but I don't think we're going to talk specifically about social media. Because like you said, I think that is a specific thing and it it affects us differently. Mm -hmm. I think it, it affects our kind of worldview and our views of ourselves differently than like news right. media. So, you know, Anna, I was a news girl for a while. <gasps> Do tell. I was a beep, 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 <laughs> reporting you, she live. Was, she was the one that was on the <laughs> side going beep, 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 beep. I always made wanted. all the sound effects for the news. <laughs> I always wanted to be the weather girl, but I wasn't. But Here's Bonnie with the weather. <laughs> it's going to be fair on this side of the map, and it's going to be not fair on that side of the map. <laughs> not fair. Very not fair over here. And wear all those cute outfits that the weather girls used to wear in the 70s. But no, when I was in radio, I did morning news on the weekends, which was really, really rough because I had to be at the police station to look at like the police blotter overnight. Oh my God. In local news, that's one of the things you do. You know, you gather. I think they probably still do that. Not the same way. But we literally had to, because this is the olden days. And so we literally had to go into the police station, like look through the police reports, like the arrest reports. And that was like, we had to do that at like four in the morning. Why? Wait, you talked about like specific like arrests well yeah like an or accidents oh, or yeah okay. or if there was like domestic violence sure. you know i mean there were certain things that you couldn't share names about yeah. but but a lot of times you know we live in a relatively small city yeah. town and so yeah the local news you know had you know if such and such was stolen and whatever mm-hmm. cars were broken into you <laughs> yeah. know that kind of stuff but it was rough because at that point in my life i was in my 20s and often weekends were, you know, going out because I was in my early twenties, and so then you would I would like go out, and then at four a.m. you'd uh, roll in. I would, I would usually go to my apartment, and like lay down for like three hours, <laughs> oh my God. jump up, eat some toast, <laughs> and then go to the police station, which was ironic. Not but, ironic. You weren't doing anything wrong. <laughs> no, I was a good girl. You were a good girl. I you were just good, wasted. Such, I was such a good girl. <laughs> but in when we learned how to do news, yeah. you know, back in the day, as a communications major, journalism communications major, we were always taught that news is always objective. Right. That you can never insert your own opinion into a news broadcast. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we were taught which words to use so that we didn't sound biased, that we didn't show our personal bias. Right. That is gone out the window. Oh my gosh. It's like up, <laughs> that upside is down. nothing anymore. Upside down. Right. 
So, what's the news like these days, Anna? Well, so let me talk specifically about the the source that Michelle gave me because I think it's really interesting. And it specifically talks about COVID-19 and how the news has handled COVID-19. Um, so, yeah, it's basically about media bias negative media bias and right. how the media skews toward negativity like catastrophe yeah like ah yeah, you know, like everything is, is terrible yeah. uh so yeah the source that she gave me is from the new york times and it basically talks about how the media tends to report more bad news especially about uh the pandemic especially about covid19 I would like to go on a soapbox real quick first about sources, because I think as we're talking about bias in media, we can link that into accessibility in media. And when I went, because she sent me this in like a PDF, and I wanted to follow some of the, like there were URLs in the PDF, and I wanted Mm -hmm. to follow them. I couldn't from the PDF for some reason, which... Seems like a thing that should be baked in. Whatever. I'm not in charge of that. Um, but If like, Anna was in charge of it, it they would be, would be baked Sufficient in. as all get out, I'll tell you. <laughs> but so I went to New York, the New York Times site and found the article, and it was behind a paywall. So I didn't want to pay for it. So it was right. like, but you'll notice, and, and I've seen this on other sites that talk about this, where sites that are more objective like the new york times and 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 like just news sources that are generally recognized as a little bit more like bipartisan or more objective are usually behind paywalls Hmm. and the stuff that's more sensationalized is not it's just accessible to everybody oh really yeah so Hmm. i mean i think that's a big part of this and just like how the conversation goes and 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 how accessible that stuff is and if we make it more accessible it's going to be better for everyone but i digress (laughs) i i just wanted to cite my sources that's all i just want to cite Mm -hmm. my sources Mm -hmm. it's from the new york times whatever So specifically when COVID-19 cases were rising, um, the article talks about how the news emphasized how the cases were rising. Obviously, that was- Every day, every minute. There was, oh, oh, exactly. Up to the minute, how How many many new cases there. Yes. How many people are in the, yeah. Yes. And I remember, I remember, especially when the pandemic started, totally playing into that. There was like this world health meter thing Mm -hmm. that was like the main source of it. And I would check that sucker like every hour. Why? It's not going to change anything about me, my personal life. Right. But I would check it because I felt like I needed to stay up on that because mm-hmm. the news was throwing it at my face. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was really big on reporting new numbers and new deaths especially and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But then once the cases started falling, the news specifically focused on places where the cases were still rising. Mm. And so I say this as specifically in the United States, though, and we've mentioned this before, how how most of what we talk about, we're kind of going to toward the United States just because that's where we are. That's mm-hmm. what we know. That's our so reference, yeah. Exactly. So podcast what you know just came into my head. That was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> There's this chart in the article that talks about the U.S. national news, and it's kind of a weird chart because it's coverage that's negative so then like the higher the higher the mark the more negative it is yes so there's three lines there's the u.s national news there's u.s local and regional and there's international and u.s national news is the highest by far and by highest i mean highest negative like the the most most negative negative. by far right Uh hovering around 90 percent of news of covid coverage being negative oh my gosh yeah once the um pfizer reports like the vaccine hit like 
late November, mid-November, then it kind of started to fall a little bit. But even then, it only fell to like 80. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas like international kind of hovers below 60. And then U.S. local and regional kind of hovers like kind of up and below 60, like kind of going around there. So, I mean, like a lot, it's a a big change. Um, It's a lot more negative than the regional and the international. I do know that even though locally, like our local radio station that I Mm -hmm. listen to every morning for local news, the station that I used to work Mm -hmm. for, so now I listen to, they would start each, every morning, they would start with, there's this many people reported positive this week, or yesterday, or whatever, and then, and this many people in the hospital, and this many people in ICU, and this many people died. I don't need to know that. I was like, and, it, and, and I did, like you said, I every day would kind of think to myself, oh, that's up from yesterday. Uh-huh. Oh, that's, uh-huh. especially the ICU, I remember thinking, oh, gosh, you know, there's nine, and there's only nine beds. Okay, well, there's nine in ICU. Oh, man. Right. You know, it's frightening to, to hear those kind of things. It is, and it's hard, because, like, I want to, to know about things. Mm-hmm. You want to be informed. In general, I want to know things. <laughs> Thank you. That's your personality. <laughs> yes, but, yes. But like, so I do, there is this part of me that's like, I want to be watching the news or reading the news. I I want to be informed. But it's like when I try to be informed, I get way overwhelmed with how mm-hmm. negative it is. And mm-hmm. I have to step away from it. Exactly. And you and I have had that talk where we've had to tell our clients like, Step away from the news a little bit. Right. Like I, I specifically have said like so it's there's this thing called doom scrolling. Have you have your clients ever talked to you about that? Mm-mm. Doom scrolling is literally just like scrolling through your phone, looking at all the bad news and like feeling worse and worse. Oh my. There's a term for it. It's called mm-hmm. doom scrolling. <laughs> so yeah, that's what people do. We just kind of sit around and especially that kind of goes with social media where uh-huh. people share news articles that are usually fairly sensationalized. Right. And it's kind of it kind of just weighs and weighs and weighs on us. One of the things that one of my clients, um, one of my younger clients, we talked about that, that they have uh, had a person on their social media feed who who always shared really negative stuff. Mm -hmm. And we processed, you know, maybe you need to not look at that person's feed, whatever, you know, defriend them or whatever. Because it's just – and she did eventually because she said every day it was more and more negative. But this is a generational thing too, though, Anna. We sometimes talk about that difference – like your generation or between you and me in mm-hmm. there and younger, y'all do your <laughs> doomsday scrolling. Doomsday, sure. <laughs> um, my generation and older people have the news on, like either the TV or the radio, kind of in the back. I'm not saying none of us do the, the okay. dooms. Okay, I'll, I'll, uh, like I'll say that when news articles get shared, like when I see on Facebook news articles getting shared, it's they're from older, older people. people. Yeah, but I mean that we we also, and I don't think you would do this, like have the TV on in the background. No. Like while you're doing stuff, you have the – the CNN. Yeah, especially and, not the news. And, yeah. No, no. Like the news channel. Yeah. It, you know, literally. Right. Kind of like the weather channel, but <laughs> some people do that too. But yeah. but that's a generational thing, I think, yeah. that older people tend to have the news playing mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. that they either hear it or see it too. Like for hours at a time, it's on. And they might think, well, I'm not really watching it. But, but it's soaking in, man. Exactly. It it's is like, soaking in. It's like subliminal messaging. <sighs> we'll get to that later. We will get to later i'm excited for that i'm actually that that might be the part of this episode that i'm most excited about oh that scares me because so it's not that let's get through my garbage 
because, <laughs> okay, so when we talk about news being negative and especially news sources, I'll say, presenting negative stuff, so it's theorized to be supply and demand. So part of the article was talking about the stories that were being shared the most on Facebook were mostly negative ones. And my theory about that, my theory personally, my uh, Anna, the theory, Anna theory, the Anna theory, is that negative stuff gets people riled up. Yeah. Negative stuff is a call to action. Negative, you see something that makes you angry or sad. It gets or you, your adrenaline going. Exactly. You want people to share it. You want, it's kind of that misery loves company thing. Like, mm-hmm. you want everyone to be like, like, look at this. Look at this. Isn't it terrible? Mm-hmm. And you kind of want to commiserate about it. Whereas, like, if you see something happy, like, sure, you might share it to share the love or whatever, but you also might just be like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's nice. Well, and we all know that, that people that are that complain and say bad things are much more likely, like in businesses and stuff, yeah. you're much more likely to hear the negative from people than to hear the positive from people. It's just the way our brains are wired. Right, right. We but, jump on the negative. Yeah, but I would say that means that, like, Media, doesn't that mean media has a higher responsibility to be maybe not actively positive because I think that's loaded too and I don't think it should go either way, but right. intentionally fair and balanced. Right. I mean, like, isn't that supposed to be what news is? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, how did we get so far away from that? Ratings. Yeah. That's really true. <laughs> that's part of it. That that's is part really of true. It. You know, people will watch our channel or people will listen to our whatever feed if we if we are more sensational. Mm-hmm. So we have to I mean, and that's been built in for ever oh, and ever yeah. with news. Like, you know, you gotta get the big story, the get the scoop. Sure. You know? There's that um Nightcrawler movie. Have you ever seen that? Mm mm. Night Walker. Nightcrawler. <laughs> Night Stalker. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it. <laughs> I think it's Nightcrawler stuff. I'm pretty sure. And he's like a news guy and he like, it's kind of a dark thriller Mm. eventually, but it's about getting the scoop basically and how that can kind of turn dark. It's really good. It's a really good movie. Whatever it's called. Night Night something. Night. (laughs) Just type in night Night and maybe we'll finish it Type in Jake Gyllenhaal night. (laughs) And Jake Gyllenhaal will just read you a bedtime story. (laughs) He'll say night night. That is not the movie. No, no. (laughs) Speaking of like sensationalized and and ratings and supply and demand and all that, it's not as much of a problem in other countries. And that's where that like international news being much lower or at least in the middle of the scale when it comes to negativity. Because international is kind of hovering around 50 a lot of the time. And that's because in other countries, funding is not coming from ratings so Uh. much as it is from government funding so like the bbc in england has a chunk this big chunk of government funding and so it's much less actively negative because it doesn't need to rely on that it just it's there to share the news Mm -hmm. actually recently the bbc changed some policies in an attempt to kind of cut down on some of the language bias and it actually riled some people up because is weirdly in this weird kind of ouroboros situation the news was reporting very negatively on this change They were reporting that, so what the BBC did was, here, I'll just read, this is an excerpt. That's what the BBC has decided to do when reporting on attacks like the 2019 London Bridge knife stabbing. The UK news outlet has now banned the use of terms 
terrorist and terror attack unless it is quoting someone, referring instead to the location and methods used to carry out the attack. This practice has led to charges that the outlet is sanitizing the behavior of terrorists, but a senior BBC official defended the policy in an interview with The Express, saying it boils down to that phrase, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Th- that's very good. Mm-hmm. That And I think that happens a lot in our news. Oh, absolutely. That that they throw certain words around that are very emotionally charged words. Emotionally and, charged. And biased. And, and, and so then, and, and, and it's just basically the person doing the reporting who decided if that person was a terrorist or not right so that's not that's not good right hey kids that's not what we want it's not objective hey that's not objective but i i mean i understand that it's even just in its bare minimum it's difficult to not use certain words well and then later in that same article they were talking about how the words that they're going to use instead are more specific and more descriptive so bomber hijacker Gunman. I mean, those are pretty negatively charged words anyway. Uh-huh. You're not going to see bomber or gunman or hijacker and be like, that's probably fine. Like, yeah. That's not a terrorist. That's just you my don't, cousin. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to be told that that's terrorism. Like terrorism in itself, that's what terrorism is. It's meant to incite terror. Right. right. And the media does that, <laughs> incites terror with those words and with right. that language. So I I think it's a good thing. I I think it's a good thing that they're cutting down on that because that also goes to like, you know, when you use some words and it just kind of loses its meaning. Mm -hmm. I think terrorist and terror attack has kind of done that too. Mm -hmm. Where like like everybody is a terrorist. Exactly. And maybe technically, depending on the definition of terror, like if it's meant to just instill chaos and terror, then sure, maybe it is a terror attack. But just report the facts. Report descriptively what happened. Then people can draw their own conclusions. You don't have to treat the audience like dummies. Like we know that if someone goes in and they have a gun and they shoot people, it's bad. Mm. We know. We can Mm. figure that out. Most of us can, (laughs) A couple of things, Anna, that I'd like to throw in. One is that we have talked in the past about um, psychologically about the difference between connotation and denotation. I have that later in my notes. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Then, then, then I won't talk about it now. No, talk about it now. I think that's a good thing to talk about. That lo- that that will lead into. I would like to speak about like loaded language, and mm-hmm. you, you use the term like emotionally laden language or whatever right. you called it. Yeah, I think that goes a lot with connotation denotation. Because that's what came to my mind when you were just talking about the terrorist thing. Yeah. Is that there are certain words that that have a specific denotation. The definition is specific. But mm-hmm. in, because of our culture and the way we've used the word, it now has a specific connotation. The way right. it makes us feel about that word. And that that's significant. And there are certain words that the media kn- knows to use you know, to, to touch our buttons There's to that, get us going. I'll use this socialism is one of those right uh-huh. now. Where like people say like, oh, well, this is a socialist policy. It's uh-huh. like, well, that's not a social. What you were calling a socialist policy is not necessarily. Or if it is, that's not negative. It's just been thrown in negative context so much that it's so laden. Mm-hmm. Like you can't escape. You can't divorce that word from the connotation. I would say there's a lot of words that are like that just within the last few years because yeah. of our political landscape. Yeah. There have been, there's been so much emotion tied to so many mm-hmm. words that, um, that it really has shifted. And, and just kind of to throw this on the tail of that, and then you go back to the connotation, denotation, that what happens when we hear those words that are emotionally charged is that our sympathetic nervous system kicks in. We've talked about that a lot too. 
And that causes what those hormones, you know, if we're going to just stick a little bit of brain in here, uh, um, that it causes those hormones, adrenaline and cortisol, to start pumping because we get excited, we get upset, and then that kicks us into a mode of anxiety and or depression or wherever we go with that. Yeah. Um, that it's actually... It's a brain thing that that our body hears those words and and deals with the connotation of oh my gosh that means this and this and this and oh my gosh oh my gosh right. and then the cortisol and the adrenaline is kicking. Well, so. and it's important to note that the sympathetic nervous system is very very instinctive and unconscious. Right, right. It, like that's how those words get so much power. Is it's not like we hear them and then it goes through several layers of thinking about it and coming to a conclusion. Exactly, it's immediate. Exactly. And, and then that means we don't have time to critically think about it because we're already reacting. Right. And so, yeah, that it's used very intentionally, like, and, and oftentimes I would say maliciously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like. To trigger our emotions. Yes. We're talking about the news and media doing this. They know what they're doing. Right. There have been studies after study after study and, and you know, technique after technique. And, like, they, they learn to do this. They do this intentionally to get these reactions because those reactions get more clicks or get more views or right. get more people watching their channel or whatever. Right. I mean, they know what they're they, doing. They actually had, you know, they actually hire people to tell them how to trigger people. Yes. You know, not always negatively, but just somehow to trigger people to want to be engaged. Right. To, be, to, to watch their channel. Oops, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I got excited. Um, <laughs> See, this is what happens to you. You get, get, get I start emotionally laden. I know, I know. Okay, so go back to the connotation-denotation thing. Well, so connotation-denotation kind of ties into what I want to talk about next, which is loaded language. Okay. And that just means language and words and phrases that come with baggage, basically. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just words. And and that's what happens. We we use words in different contexts, and language is a living thing and and all that great stuff. And that's fun. But it can also be used for evil. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so loaded language is also known as loaded terms, emotive language, high inference language, Mm. and language persuasive techniques. Ah. Yes. I like high inference language. I like that. Like you, you hear it and you immediately come to a lot of strong conclusions. Exactly about what it. you said. It's not like you think about it. It's not like right. you judge it. It just goes right to your goes emotional boom. brain. Yep. Yeah. And so, on a basic level, loaded language is how different language can seem more positive or negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically with media, when we're talking about that, it's how to use positive or negative phrasing to change how the audience feels about it. And I'll go back to that terrorist word. So this is coming from Wikipedia. It says, terrorist is not used only to refer to a person who commits specific acts with a specific intent. Words such as torture or freedom carry with them something more than a simple description of a concept or action. They have a magnetic effect, an imperative force, a tendency to influence the interlocutor's decisions. They are strictly bound to moral values, leading to value judgments and potentially triggering specific emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, And that means they have an emotive dimension. These words aren't just words. They really do like strike something in us without, even without us knowing. And I think that's why I wanted to talk about this is just because, and we go back to this all the time, that awareness thing. There's a lot of power in knowing the tricks that people are using to you. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's important if we are 
because we can't avoid news. We do want to be informed. Well, yeah, exactly. You do want to know what's going on in the world. Right. You don't want to be ignorant. Right. So to be a consumer of media, you have to be aware of some of the dirty tricks that media uses. Mm-hmm. And I think loaded language and and the, the negative bias are some of the bigger tricks right now. And so I think it's important to, to look at those. And because those things are emotionally charged, like we were just talking about, it makes us use our brains less. Mm-hmm. It's easy to react on emotion and just let the logic totally go. Mm-hmm. This was interesting. A Republican pollster named Frank Luntz once told NPR that people are more likely to oppose, like, an estate tax if it's called a death tax. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, in that, I guess what it is. They're it's less a, likely to oppose it if it's called. Are more again, likely to oppose it. If it's called a death tax. If, if it's called a death tax. Right. Because it's like, oh, my God, you're getting punished for dying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. it's an estate tax. It's totally tax, unfair. Which is just taxing Money. the actual estate right the, co- the things it's that you thing. own it's not somebody dying yes yeah. but yeah. the word death is so emotionally Triggers. laden yep. Yep. that people are like nope yeah um so yeah just even stuff like that where it's technically true it's technically a death tax because mm. you're taxed after you die but they knew what they were doing calling it that mm-hmm. and that's that's why like Gun control is a big one right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because people hear control and they're like, I don't want you to control me. Mm-mm. Right, right. So even if you don't want people to have guns or you don't care about it, right. you know, some people hear gun control hear the and they get very riled up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it it all just comes down to these words that are being used that have these different emotions tied to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked about the idea that we are sensitive in our whole life, in everything that we do, we're sensitive to the words that are used. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's where all the, the whole thing about political correctness and not, you know, using the wrong pronouns sure. for people. I mean, that's all tied together in that we we do have emotions about words yeah. and the way words are used. And that's not a bad thing in itself. It's just it's the way well, our no, brain it's how works. we communicate with right, each other. Right. But like be, if someone if someone says to you, like, oh my gosh, my grandma just died you can say oh my gosh that's terrible because terrible is a very emotionally laden word that would mm-hmm. be de- very different than if you were like oh that's bad uh-huh. if it- <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is uh thanks for noticing thank you <laughs> so yeah i mean like we use that's why there's emotionally laden words right. just because we need things to mean different things and be at different places on the spectrum. Right. We need that. Right. We just don't need it to be used against us. Right. So I know you would like to talk to us about subliminal messaging very quickly. But first, I have a little game. A game? I found a little... Oh, okay. how I hate games. I know. Because I always lose and I don't no, like to lose. No, this isn't like a there's wrong answers game. Oh, really? Everybody wins game? It's kind of an everybody wins game. It's it's more an opinion game. It's more oh. like when you write oh. a short answer in college and you just have to be like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah. you just kind of have to use a couple yeah. buzzwords. Actually, whatever. I'm pretty good at those short answer things. So this is about, this is, I found a list of 380 high emotion words. Ooh. And they are separated into like what type of emotional state you want your audience to feel. Oh, my. Yes. So I'm going to pick one of the emotional states and read you some of the words, and I want you to tell me what those words make you feel. Okay. okay. Wait, I have to get in touch with my emotional okay. self. Turn okay. on your emotional brain. Okay. 
meditate for a second. Technically, my emotional brain is always forefront. <laughs> Just always full I'm throttle like, going. Yeah, I'm yeah. like squishy and emotional and passionate all in a big ball of emotion. Yes. Okay, okay. go. Okay, so this first one. So these words. Blissful. Gleeful. Satisfied. Jovial. Gratified. Playful. How do you feel? How do you feel right now, Mom? I feel good. I feel energized. I feel happy. Happy. I feel content. Happy and alive. Yes. Energized. Yes. How about efficient, genuine, fulfilled, serene, quiet? How do you feel? How do you feel? Calm. (laughs) I feel like I have it all together. Everything's organized. My OCD is happy. Relaxed and peaceful. Mm Mm-hmm. Shameful. Shocking, damaging, deplorable, harsh, vindictive, violent. How do you feel? Oh, how do you feel? On edge and like, like at first I felt bad about myself, and then I started looking at who other people were doing bad things. (laughs) Mama's very active in meditation. I'm just saying word, and she's like looking around, like there's a crowd around her. Like the The shame thing hit me like square right in the face. That's interesting that you went to shame because this emotional category is anger. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm, what does that say about me? I don't know. It says, Anger, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a high physiological arousal emotional state that can help drive a number of actions, such as getting support for a cause or sharing content because of the sheer outrage felt. Hmm. So things like terrible, things like shocking, scandal, repulsive, stuff like that. It was kind of the feeling that I get when I do read a story about something really horrible happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, a news story about... That's People what, dying like, or I, something. I'm trying to think if, like, I read news stories and get angry. I think I get angry at, like, specific people. Like, when I hear about specific people doing, like, terrible things. Of course, mm-hmm. I'll get angry at that person. But when it's just, like, general stuff going on and I don't know many details, I usually just feel, like, dread. Like, I, I just, I want to not mm-hmm. hear about it. Mm-hmm. And especially I think that comes from my sense of like, I don't have control over this. I can't right. can't fix this. I can't do anything about this. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to like worry about it, <laughs> which is not a good, that's, that's, that feels bad. There was a lot of that in the news about COVID, I think, because oh, yeah. we, we heard so often about the whole conflict about wearing a mask or not wearing a mask and, you know, whether or not they were enforcing, you know, the stay-at-home rules too much and they were ruining businesses and, and, and there were people really suffering financially yeah. from all that. So there was such conflict in all of that and you would hear about it on the news and it would just bring up, you said dread and that's what rang that that bell for me was like, it was a feeling of dread, like, oh my gosh, you know, how are we ever going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. So this is interesting. That kind of goes along with this, this is a different emotional state. Uh, indecisive, doubtful, uncertain, dishonest, uncomfortable, unsure. I feel fear. I feel like uneasiness. Confusion and helplessness are the ones they listed. And yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And and I think those, a lot of those on this list are reflective of the COVID-19 mm. stuff. So like, mm. oh, results are unclear. And like, oh, Pfizer vaccine, results are yes, unclear or whatever. Yeah. Even, though, even though like the vaccines that we have, like the two or three, I think, that are out there, are out there because they were tested very well and mm. continue to test very well. In fact, the news that we get, about them continues to be good and keeps getting better but 
I mean, I've seen but so much about the, the uncertainty. Yeah, you still. And and what I've noticed is that since the vaccine has come out and things have actually started getting more positive, every once in a while and often, it's thrown in about these new strains. Mm-hmm. Oh, now there's mm-hmm. new ones. You know, mm-hmm. there's. It's like we can't. Can we just can we just rejoice let's, that we're at a point where we're fighting this one? You yes. know, let's and 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 then there are, there are positives even there saying you know that these vaccines should cover those spaces yeah. and stuff. But you don't you know you don't hear that right away. You have right. to kind of look for that information. So sometimes you have to kind of dig for the more positive information. Right. And this is and this is kind of one of the last things I want to talk about is that this goes into a logical fallacy. So logical fallacies are like when you're debating someone or when you're talking about an issue, um, there's a whole bunch of like logical fallacies that we can use to make our case sound stronger, but it's not actually stronger because we're we're not giving any evidence, we're not giving any proof, we're not, we're just like using things that make you, it seem like it's a good argument. And one of those that really ties into this is called appeal to emotion. And that is exactly what it sounds like. Um, it means when you manipulate an emotional response instead of creating a good argument. Mm. Um, and so instead of supporting like your argument with facts and there is so data, much of that in the politics. Yes, so much of that. Yes, and and there's I mean there's a whole bunch of other th- like appeal to authority is a big one too. But but in this case with the loaded language that we're talking about, appeal to emotion is big and. I do want to say that that doesn't mean that news doesn't give us facts because it does. But often those facts are like hidden within the emotion laden language. And I will say here too that sometimes people can use statistics really maliciously. Mm. If there's like percentages, if you're reading an article and there's like percentages and you're like, oh wow, that sounds really, that sounds like a really scary that was data really thing. big in the COVID thing. Yeah. The, the percentages and the numbers that were skewed. You know, they were the yeah. real numbers, but we didn't really know what they were talking right. about. Right. They're anchorless. Yeah. Like. <laughs> if it's a big number, holy crap, you right. know. <laughs> if you're in a store and you look at a thing and it says, this is 20% off. You know what that means because you have all the information that you need. You have the original price. Right. You have 20% off. And then you can find the end price. Great. If you're just like. 12% rise in COVID cases. Like, yeah. I don't what know how to do the original yeah. number. I don't know the end number. That's I don't right. know anything. I just know that you're giving me numbers that sound scary. Uh-huh. And that's, again, they know that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so they know what they're doing there. And, and yeah, the appeal to emotion goes back to if you appeal to emotion, you don't give your audience space to use their thinky brain. They just use their feely brain. <laughs> Those are clinical terms. <laughs> Thinky she brain has versus feely clinical brain. licensure in order to be Hello. able to use Thank those you? words. Yes. This is the Latin for <laughs> thinky brain. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's that's my that's my last little tie-in. So can I I I want to just throw in a little something that probably seems a little off base, but the way I look at this is that when we're talking about how the media affects our mental health, it's kind of on a subconscious level yeah. that it affects it. I mean, even like I said before, if you like have the news on in the background and you're listening to it, but not listening to it, it does actually enter into your subconscious. And so that made me think about that there has been kind of this conspiracy wee wee thing <laughs> through the generations about subliminal messages. Yes. And that subliminal messages were used specifically in in advertising, but also in the media, you know, also in the news media. It would be fun to do a whole episode on subliminal messaging and talk cool. about like, okay, I'm adding that to the list. 
because I'm just going to stick my toe in the water a little bit. Do it. So subliminal messages are defined as messages that hit below what's called the absolute threshold level, the ATL. Ooh. For letters of our conscious. I love me some, (laughs) uh, some abbreviations. I know, I know. It's like you can't see it. You can't focus on it even if you try because it's below your level of threshold of your consciousness. So I need to throw in here real quick about good old Freud because Freud is kind of the one who gave us that whole idea of well, what is our consciousness and what is our subconsciousness. And we've talked about at length, you know, that our subconscious actually controls a lot of what we do and a lot of what we think. We just don't know right. that's what's controlling us. Um, and and likewise, a lot goes into our subconscious that we don't actually think about consciously. It's not like we filter it through our conscious and it goes into our subconscious. Right. It just goes there raw. Right. It's all floating around. <laughs> just raw in there. dogging. Okay. <laughs> we can now we can bring things from our subconscious to our conscious. Right. And that was part of what Freud was trying to do. Exactly. And that's what we're trying to do here. That's very true. We're just like Freud. Bam. Bottom Bam. line, we're we just like Freud. <laughs> He's rolling over in his grave I'm right now. I'm snorting cocaine right now. We're just like Freud. He's like, oh my God. Okay. There's there's a, a bunch of words that I would really like to throw around if I was more educated. <sighs> Some people confuse subliminal with another word that we never hear called supraliminal. Supraliminal. Supra. Supra? S-U-P-R-A. Supraliminal. Supraliminal. It's actually the opposite of subliminal, but they both do the same thing. They evoke the neural responses and and Mm -hmm. and they affect Mm -hmm. our behavior. It's just that you can perceive with your conscious mind the supraliminal. So it's like if you saw the example that they used in one of we we talked about in I think it was in our Christmas episode we talked about Christmas we talked about when they played Christmas music yeah, yeah. in the stores to make you more likely to shop for Christmas so that's supraliminal okay you could stop and go oh they're playing jingle bells mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. but when you walk into the store you're probably not actually stopping and going what song is playing right, right. now so it's it's superliminal in that you can stop and think about it but you usually don't so it just goes in so that's kind of what we're talking about with the media stuff exactly yeah right so they they did i, I just want to throw this in cuz i thought it was fun one of the studies that i read about that was and it's kind of like the going to the store and hearing Christmas music. They in this one store they had German wine and French wine, and they were almost identical tasting and identical price and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, little like little displays. Sure. And one day they would play French music, and oh, the sales for the French wine would go up. And okay. one day they would play German music, and the sales for the German wine would go up. Okay. Which I think is very cool. Whereas we go in and we're like. <laughs> This Give us costs too much money. <laughs> I want the three-buck chuck, actually. Give us anything. Um, so- French sounds too fancy for me. <laughs> Give us that stuff that's made in Illinois. <laughs> I want it made Boy. yesterday, and I want it made next door. <laughs> that's right. So just very briefly, subliminal um, stimuli. Modern science has discovered, get this, 37 known sensory inputs that are broken into seven broad categories. So the seven broad categories are visual, auditory, tactile, which is when you touch something, olfactory, when you taste something, which is... Olfactory. Olfactory, sorry, is is smell, 
gustatory, I think, is taste. I don't remember that word. So it's separated into the five senses. Plus uh, vestibular, which is balance and movement, and body awareness. Those are the last two. So the five senses plus those body things. Sure. So those are ways that subliminal messages come into our body, come into our brain. So so we could do a whole episode on it, so I'm not going to go into all this, except that oh, I will just say a little taste. that through the generations, like back to the 50s, there have been studies and people have been using on purpose subliminal messages in advertising and in, in like news media. And, mm-hmm. and that even goes down to like, I said something before about how news people have, these people come in to, and you pay them big bucks to come in image consultants. Oh, sure. And it's like, you know, what colors you should wear, what colors you shouldn't yeah, yeah, wear, yeah. how you should wear your hair. If you wear this kind of makeup, people think this way about you. You know, the backdrop behind your news, if you should stand up or sit down when you give the news, all that stuff. What's that? We talked about it when we talked about phrenology, or we talked about it in one of those episodes, physiognomy. Ah, yes. How, like, we judge people based on their looks, The way they look, right. Yeah. Yeah, Their noses are big or smaller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... So image consultants will will give them information that is technically subliminal. Right. They're they're telling them how to get into our brains subconsciously and make us feel a certain way about the news presenters. Yeah. The reporters. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. that's big in advertising and, and like we hear about that, how like stores are set up a certain way mm-hmm. and like, you know, when you go into a casino, they don't have windows, they don't have clocks and everything like that. Like, I mean, this is all stuff that we all know very well. It's just that the people that are, that is being used on don't know it. Right. And I think that's the same way with the news media is just like they have all these all these tricks and they have all these. And I, I think like I'm not going to know if it's super supraliminal or subliminal. Uh-huh. But but like the language we use is I would say superliminal. Yeah. I mean, like we we are able to look at a news story and say, OK, that is the headline. I am aware of that. I'm reading a headline. Right. But we may not think about it critically enough just because it's there and we read it fast. And you just and, do it. Yeah. 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 You don't think about every word. Right. Yeah. The subliminal is more like um, going back to things like if you – back in the day that they would – and maybe they still do. I don't know. They would put like just a couple of frames of something into a commercial. So you'd be watching a commercial or a movie. You'd be do watching a movie. that actually happen? We'll save that for our subliminal that, that's messaging a good, episode. That's a good – yeah, because I did do some reading <laughs> too. Um, it's kind of an easy – this stuff is all very – I think at one point I had a Wikipedia article open on pathos, which uh, is like – tapping into your like moral center or whatever Mm. like that so this stuff is very easy to like get sidetracked on and like go on some wiki walks and stuff like that lots of conspiracy stuff yeah yeah yeah. you kind of go down these little rabbit holes and you're like oh my god mk ultra (laughs) agent orange holy cow subliminal messaging So look forward to that. And so we'll have social media in another episode, and we'll have subliminal messages in another episode. And then in the third episode, we will have finally given you all of our subliminal messages, and you will finally be official sipsters. And you will be following us. Golden Agent Orange sipsters. So uh, can I bring it back around? Let's. Should I put a closure on that? The closure on that is that probably most of what's happening with the media, Mm -hmm. with the with the news kind of media, is not subliminal. No, it's it's 
it's there it's right there right it's it's right in front of our noses we it's just, just that we're not making ourselves aware yeah we're not being mindful right of what's of what's going into our brain um there are there are some things that are they're kind of on purpose triggering our subconscious because our subconscious is so powerful but speaking about mental health you know we just have to be mindful of of what we're putting in so i would like to kind of circle around to that and that is what we talked about for a minute about some of our clients and saying to them you really just need to stop stop listening so much that one of the studies that i read um and this was about like viewing television news specifically Mm -hmm. and it said when you hit the 14 minute mark i don't know what's magical about that but watching more than 14 minutes of visual news this kicks you into a whole nother mode of anxiety and depression. So like you go past that 14 minute mark and you think about most news news shows are at least a half an hour, yeah. an hour long. Yeah. So you're kicking in. Um, one of the people in that study said you should really limit your news intake for a whole day to 30 minutes and probably better not do it all at once. <laughs> so that's break it up into like three minutes. And if you think about like those news stories that you read on your social media, yeah. that can kick you into 30 minutes right there, right. just reading those stories. So so what what I would say as a counselor to people is truly limit your news intake, limit what you watch. If if you're wonder if you're in that place where you're like, but I want to know what's happening, if you really get really anxious about listening to the news directly or reading the news directly, lean on someone that you know will just give you the facts. So mm-hmm. like, you know, your partner or your best friend or a lady at work that listens to the news a lot and just say to him, you know, just give me the bare facts. Right. And I do that to my husband yeah. all the time. Yeah. Because he keeps up on the news and the news stresses me out like hardcore. So I'll just, if, I, if I'm aware that something has happened during the day, like if there has been a big, like when the, the insurrection happened in January and like, mm-hmm. like all the election news when that was going on, I would just be like, hey, what's happening today? Yeah. Just give yeah. me the give the me bare the facts update. too, not all that emotion stuff. No, Just no, no, me, no. Yeah, and one of the things that we do in therapy sometimes when we have someone who has a lot of anxiety is that we say to them, and and there's different terms that we use with it, but it's like you give yourself a certain amount of time every day to actually worry or to actually mm-hmm. stress about stuff. So you kind of do that with this if you want to say. You know, when I watch the news or listen to the news or read the news, it gives me anxiety, but I want to do it. Then you say, okay, limit yourself to 20 minutes and say, this is my worry about the news time, you know, and then put it away for the day and don't get it back out till tomorrow when it's your worry time. That might sound kind of cliche or hokey. That's what I was looking for. But it actually is is a proven therapy. We have thunder boomers outside. Thunder if you have thunder outside. Thunder boomers. It's weird outside. The weather's weird because it looks like not storm. Like there's clouds, but it doesn't look stormy. The sun's kind of shining. Sun's kind of out. And I then was every looking once for a while, rainbow before. I know. Every once in a while, it's just like wah, 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 yeah. thunder and then some. It's rain. spring. That's what spring. happens that in spring. Kind of, it's very springy. Yeah. Okay, what didn't we say about? I don't know. I got distracted by the rain. <laughs> I, know. Squirrel. Squirrel. I know. I'm just like, it's raining. It's raining outside. It's raining. Um, I don't know. I to to bring it around. I I mean, I just want to go back to like talking about awareness too, and how being critical of your news, and especially being critical of your own reaction to news, is really really important. And I want to tie this back to feelings. Let's chat about feelings real quick. Not something we do enough, right? Chatting about feelings. Yeah, we never talk about feelings. No, I'm pro feeling. I like feelings. I enjoy them. Usually. They're good. It's good to have. But it's not good when you're being spoon-fed your feelings. 
And that's what journalism is doing, like in, in a lot of cases, I'll, I'll say, where this objective objectivity has gone out the window and there's this like, especially negative bias. I mean, that's a really out of control feeling to like when you're getting bombarded with all these negative messages and you're feeling bad about it and, and you like can't control it. You can control it. You just have to step away from some of that media. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like if someone, it's like if you knew someone, Joe... And no he, offense, Joe. If he you're would listening. just no offense to Joe's out there. Maybe I should pick it. Thaddeus. Thaddeus comes up to you every single day and says, "Hey, idiot! <laughs> hey, stupid!" And just says like a whole bunch of really negative things to you for like I don't like, like fifteen Thaddeus. minutes. I don't like right. him. Don't Stay talk to Thaddeus anymore. Right? Like, just cut him don't. out of your life. So the news is Thaddeus in this situation. <laughs> like, he's just coming at you and yelling bad things to you, and and just constantly, constant bombardment. You just need to step away. It can be really, really easy to get into this like negative feedback of I can't, I can't help any of this. There's so many bad things Very going on. It is really overwhelming, and it it really can like change our perception of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, especially when there's something like a collective trauma, like the pandemic going on, our, like, world outlook can really shift because we're being presented with a certain outlook mm-hmm. where that's not all that's out there. It's right. just all that we're being told about. Right. And so sometimes we have to go out. Like, I've told some of my clients to, like, specifically follow, like, uplifting news sites mm-hmm. because then at least you're getting some counterbalance you're, you know, you're going to hear about some of the scientific advancements we've got and people doing nice things for each other. Right. Those things are out there. They just don't get talked about because they don't get clicks. Mm-hmm. And so if we are more critical of our news and we're more critical of, I'm just hearing bad stuff. Why am I just hearing bad stuff? That's not reality. Mm-hmm. There's never only bad stuff. I know sometimes it feels like that, but it's never right. only bad stuff. Right. So I think we just need to be really aware of how our own perspective is maybe getting shifted by the media and how we can tailor our media, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can unfollow people, like you said, if there's people like sharing things that are just terrible and we can't we can't look at it anymore. Just right. unfollow that person. You don't even have to unfriend them or whatever right. on Facebook. You just don't necessarily have to engage with that content. Mm-hmm. Like that like we are <laughs> In this technology age, in this age of information, but we have a lot of control over what we see and hear. But we have to make that choice. Yes. Back to the choice thing that we always talk about. So we have to be aware of it and we have to make choices and we have to be sure that we're not just getting our information from one source and making an echo chamber or anything like that because that's, it's all playing into how we see the world and how we're feeling. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all I have. (laughs) Well, we always talk about balance. We always mm-hmm. talk about self-awareness. Mm-hmm. We talk about choice. Those are some of our biggies. Mm-hmm. And those all play into this um, idea of how you let the media affect you, basically. Affect your life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Affect your mental health. And so use those things. Yeah. So to end, I just want to circle back to the source that Michelle gave me. Mm-hmm. The last two paragraphs are really good. So I'm going to read that. Okay. 
In the modern era of journalism, dating roughly to the Vietnam War and Watergate, we tend to equate impact with asking tough questions and exposing problems. There are some good reasons for that. We are inundated by politicians, business executives, movie stars, and others trying to portray themselves in the best light. Our job is to cut through the self-promotion and find the truth. If we don't tell you the bad news, you may never hear it. Sometimes, though, our healthy skepticism can turn into reflexive cynicism, and we end up telling something less than the complete story. I'm grateful to Sacerdote, Sacerdote, Cook, and Sagal, which are the people who did some of the studies, Mm -hmm. uh, for doing to us journalists what we normally do to others, holding up a mirror to our work and giving us a chance to do better. That's good. Graceful, graceful way to to view criticism, <laughs> of, uh, criticism yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because uh, obviously this is coming from the New York Times. This is coming from a very big news mm-hmm. news source, and mm-hmm. and they are basically writing about the negativity in their own industry. So mm-hmm. exactly, I think that was a graceful way to kind of wrap it up, take some responsibility. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, guys, if we're done, I think I'm going to thank you today. Mom, oh, really? Okay? Really? Okay. Okay. So, guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for letting us be the media that you consume. And <laughs> thank That's you, Thor, the god of thunder, for being with us today. <laughs> <laughs> That's not his name, if you want to know. But okay, go on. <laughs> That's fake news That's right fake there. news. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I I think that choosing what you consume includes choosing to listen to us. And thank you for listening to us instead of maybe listening to some news. Because we're better than the news. <laughs> we're better. Thank you, everyone. Wow. Yes, thank you, Sipsters, for being with us today. If you're looking for us, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All at Freudian Sips Pod, um, as well as, of course, our site, FreudianSipsPod.com. We talked about at the beginning of this episode where you can find our merch link. So go there and check that out as well. If you'd like to get a hold of us directly, you can email us at FreudianSipsPod at gmail.com. And we're also on Patreon if you want to support the show. We're, of course, Freudian Sips Pod on there as well. So please remember to leave us a nice rating. We haven't talked about that very much lately, but we always love to hear from you. Uh, leave us a review if you're listening and and tell us other things that you'd like for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear your input. Mm-hmm. Just let us know um, what you'd like to hear. And we hope that we will see you back next time. Our theme music is Sweet of Vermouth by Kevin McLeod, and it sounds like this. Mm-hmm.